fancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on into the Wild West Showdown for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Are you ready? Got all the kids gathered around for another episode of the Wild West Showdown? A little later, we're going to be saying howdy to an assistant attorney general. But right now, I've got something on my mind that's been bothering me ever since I started writing. Why is it that a lot of authors seem to be jealous of other authors? Why can't they realize that we're all in the same boat, so to speak? I'm not trying to take anything away from it. In fact, I feel completely opposite about that. That's one of the reasons I started Outlaws Publishing, to help and not hinder authors. I've had some authors tell me my books are too short, and yet the very next week after they tell me this, they publish a book the same length or even shorter than mine. I've been around a long time, and I still have trouble figuring folks out. Sure, I reckon I could expand on my stories a bit, but I I really don't think the reader cares how many blades of fresh green grass are in the meadow, how cold a north wind is that caused the blades of grass to flutter and almost touch the ground. I think they care more about the characters, about what the characters are doing. Now, I could be wrong, but I consider storytelling to be kind of like a movie in a person's mind. Have you ever noticed a western movie where the cowboy climbs on his horse? He leaves his ranch headed for town. Now, this is the part that I don't like. He rides through the tall grass, through the rocky cliffs, and so on, and so on. He does this for almost 20 minutes. 20 minutes out of a film that's a little more than an hour long is a big chunk. But what do I know? I'm just an average person who ain't as smart as old Hollywood movie makers. Of course, some of the most famous authors fill their books with all kinds of descriptions of the landscape and various other things. And I will agree, it does add pages to the story. But again, in my humble opinion, it doesn't really tell anything about the character. What this old cowboy needs is some of you folks out there to tell me what you think. After all, who am I to decide what you want in a story? I reckon I rode that horse long enough now, so let's move along. How about some music? I 
tears went rolling down my face As I walked away without my face I'm feeling blue I'm feeling blue Don Diego doing one of his original songs. You know, you can do one of your original songs here on the Wild West Showdown. All you got to do is send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com. Let me know that you've got some original music, and I guarantee you we'll play it on the Wild West Showdown. How many of you checked out Clash at Cruel Creek by that new Arthur A.R. Arrington last week? I gave it a thumbs up. You know, I got a lot of emails from folks. Some didn't care for it. But there were more thumbs up than thumbs down. So I'm going to stand behind my decision for a thumbs up for Clash at Cruel Creek. Now this week I want to tell you about a book that's a real hot seller on Amazon. It's called Blood on the Plains by one of Outlaw's publishing authors, John D. Fye Jr. I know you're probably saying he's giving it a thumbs up because that's one of his authors. If that's what you're thinking, you done hurt my feelings. You ought to know the old cowboy better than that by now. Don't you think if that book wasn't any good, I'd tell you that? You can bet your boots that's what I'd do. I really pride myself on being honest. But Blood on the Plains is a very good story, and I think it deserves a thumbs up. And the only way you're going to find out if I know what I'm talking about is to grab you a copy over on Amazon. Let me know if you think it deserves a thumbs up or not. Now, I know there's a lot of folks out there that has a story or an idea for a story, and you're aching to share it with somebody. There ain't no reason for you to keep aching. Send that story, send that idea, that poem, or that song to jc at outlawspublishing.com and let me help you with the pain. You're probably saying the old cowboy's got some nerve saying I'm aching to share my story with somebody. How's he know that? Well, the reason I know is because I ached for years and years wanting to share what was inside my head with somebody else. And I'm finally doing that. What I'm trying to tell you is you don't have to wait. You're always welcome here on the Wild West Showdown to share your story with others. Send that email, jc at outlawspublishing.com, and let me help you share what you have with others. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Now, we got a couple of more gripes this week. Abner from Biloxi, Mississippi asked, How many different telephone numbers do those telemarketers have? I blocked three numbers already from the same company, and I'm still getting calls from that very same company. Then Mary from Phoenix, Arizona says, I'm so cotton-picking mad at the stores. They send a flyer in the mail advertising a very good price on an item, and when I get to the store, by the way, I got up early so I could be there when the doors opened. I rushed to the meat section where they're supposed to have two roasts for the price of one. You know what I found? No roast of any kind. I chased down the manager of the meat department, and he said we ran out of that yesterday, and the paper was printed last week. 
but we do have some other fine cuts of meat if you'd like to take a look. Now don't it make you feel just a little bit better to know that you ain't all by yourself with your grabs. Keep them grabs coming in and let me share them with the world. Some of you have been wondering what happened to the poultry segment. Well, we haven't done away with it. We just uh, have been doing other things. And this week, I'm not going to read you a poem again. I've got a little story that I wrote and put on Facebook. It's just a short story. It's called The Empty Saddle. Take a listen to this. The Empty Saddle by J.C. Hulsey. They've been chasing me for about five miles now. I sure wish they'd give up. I didn't do nothing for them to be chasing me. At least I don't think I did. But I can't stop and explain to them that I'm innocent. I done seen too many necktie parties for me to take that chance. I've even been a part of some of them parties, although I ain't too proud of it. The one I reckon I'll always remember the most is when we found out about thirty minutes later that the fellow swinging from the tree where we had left him was innocent, just like he kept saying even as he was choking on the rope. Did I just feel my saddle slip to the right? Man, oh man, sure don't need no hiccups now. Well, it looks like they seem to be getting closer. Whoa, there it is again. The saddle cinch is coming loose or broke or something. I don't guess it really matters how or what. All that matters is I'm fixing to lose the saddle. What happens then? All I can hope for is somebody in that group is willing to listen before they act. Ain't very likely, though. Most fellows that feel that way don't join a group like this one. Ain't nothing for me to do but ride it as long as I can, and then it'll be an empty saddle for me. Better jump now, while I can still get clear of my horse. But going at this speed, I'll be lucky if I don't break my neck. There again, I don't reckon it matters none. A broke neck from jumping off a running horse or a noose around my neck. It all comes out the same in the end. This old saddle ain't going to last much longer, so here goes. I jumped, and the horse stumbled when the saddle slipped under his feet. The horse regained its balance and continued to run away without me. I landed hard. I don't think I broke nothing, but I sure do feel beat up. Might as well hold my hands up in the air. I sure hope somebody will listen to me. As the fellows drew closer, I recognized a couple of them. Barney, one of them said, how come you're running away from us? We tried hollering, but you's done out of earshot. You mean you boys ain't chasing me to hang me? As I lowered my hands. Did you do something to get hanged? One of them asked. No, no, I didn't do nothing. But seeing all you fellas chasing behind me brought up some memories that I'm trying real hard to forget. What do you fellas want me for? Well, we come to tell you that your fiancé come in on the afternoon stage. She's waiting for you at the stage depot. You know... You're one lucky fellow you didn't break your neck the way you jumped off that horse. Will one of you boys chase down my horse, and another one of you give me a lift into town? You say my Mary Lou's in town at the stage depot? She wasn't supposed to get here until next week. I wonder how come she's so early. Well, she probably couldn't wait to get married to such a nice fellow like you. How'd you like that? If you got some poems or a short story you'd like for us to read on the Wild West Showdown, send that email and let's get your work on the show so people can hear it. I want to share your creativity with the listening audience. Email me, jc at outlawspublishing.com, and let's get you on the show. Well, let's see if we can do a little bit more music. This is Wade Spencer and Lena Goransky. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Lena, I can't pronounce your last name. Anyway, this is the two of them singing one of Wade's original songs, When He Comes. I first heard about Jesus when I was young. Heard he was coming back to get his own. I began to wonder who they were talking about. Didn't want to be left behind. Didn't want to be left out. Then I heard the preacher tell how Jesus had come. Born in a manger, died on the cross. And rose again as I heard this story I knew it was true with heart pounding I stepped from the pew it doesn't matter where I come from what language I speak whether I am old or young Keep my eyes looking toward the sky. Toward the sky. I keep my voice. 
You know, Wade's got his own TV show on the Dish Network called Life's Highway TV. Now, I don't have Dish Network myself, but if you look on Facebook, look on YouTube, look all over the Internet, you can find a lot of music by Wade Spencer. Thank you, Wade, for letting us play your song on our show. We've got with us today Mr. Bill Culver. For the last 16 years, he's been Assistant Attorney General for the state of Louisiana and Deputy Chief of Litigation in the New Orleans office for two years. He's tried approximately 300 trials in state and federal, civil and criminal courts in Louisiana and Texas. He was an assistant district attorney and division chief in New Orleans for almost a decade, where he prosecuted every type of violent and white-collar crime, including numerous capital cases. Now Bill has written a book, Black Orchid, and it's very popular with the readers. We're extremely pleased to have with us today on the Wild West Showdown, Mr. Bill Culver. What is your job? Would you describe it for us? I'm an assistant attorney general. I'm appointed by the attorney general for the state of Louisiana. Sounds like a pretty tough job. You ever think about quitting? Oh, I don't know. I really like what I do. My primary job for the state is litigation, so I'm in jury trials quite often. I've done over 300 jury trials at this point in my life. Being an assistant attorney general and before that an assistant district attorney, I know you had a lot of stories, so why did you decide to write a crime fiction story? Well, gee, actually it kind of went with the territory, you know. You do what you know and you write about things that you know. And uh, as being immersed into the criminal justice system, it's obvious that you take on a, a lot of information that the average person doesn't know the first thing about. You know, people sleep in their beds at night just uh, theoretically comfortable in the idea that they're safe and secure and they have absolutely no idea what's going on around them at night. In a city like New Orleans, which is 24-7, the city doesn't close down just because everybody else goes to bed. you got a lot of people out running the street all the way through the entire night into, into the few morning hours, so usually the most problem state place. So writing about something I know tells people a lot about stuff that they don't know. So that's why you set the story in New Orleans, because that's where you work. Exactly, yeah. I'm very familiar with New Orleans. I've been here pretty much all my life. The main character in your book, Black Orchid, is a New Orleans homicide detective. Is that correct? That's correct. Nick Saladino. And he has a helper. He has an assistant DA, Steve Chasson, who teams up with him. So you have a homicide detective and an assistant district attorney that uh, together are trying to track down the serial killer. Did you create this character from some of your own experiences? Some of it. Uh, the serial killer himself is absolutely fiction because there's not really been a serial killer in New Orleans to that degree where, to that uh, extent that it's had this kind of background. And some of the things that uh, go on throughout the book are, are kind of based on you know, the life of a DA and a cop back in the it's by mid to late 80s is the setting. As an author myself, I know how hard it can be to come up with titles and characters' names. Was this a hard process for you to do? 
it was. Uh, the, for some reason, the, the name of the book, Black Orchid, uh, came very easily, and I had that before I even started the book. To be honest with you, Black Orchid just has kind of a has a kind of a romantic sound to it, but at the same time, it has kind of a sinister overtone to it. So you kind of struggle with it, even though you already had the title. Yeah, I already had the title. The question is, thinking of a story that went with the title. Are there any characters in the story that you felt just didn't belong, and you had to take them out later? No, I didn't. I didn't have that problem because as I wrote the story, a character became evident that I needed a particular character with uh, certain characteristics, and uh, they fit right in. So no, I didn't have to go back and uh, jettison any of the characters. As I got to a certain point in the story, it required a certain type of character to pull it off. There's a better, probably a better way to put it. How does it make you feel to see your book, Black Orchid, received so well by the readers? I'm tickled pink. I, I guess I could say I'm flattered by that because I really had no idea. You know, you write something, you put it into print, and you have no idea if it means anything to anyone else. I think that's one of the most important things to a writer, maybe even more important than writing, is to get that pat on the back and hear somebody say, hey, uh, this is pretty good. Yeah, I think all writers do. I'm, I'm very I'm very pleased. I'm, like I said, I'm tickled with it. I never expected that. I'm real glad you got to be with us today on the Wild West Showdown, and I want to invite you to come back and visit sometime. Well, I'd love to. I sure appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. I reckon it's because I'm an old man, but this old cowboy can't understand what's happening with our young folks. Here on the news almost every day are teenagers attacking older folks. I saw on the news where eighth graders attacked a bus driver. You know, when I was a teenager, if I ever was a teenager, I wouldn't have even entertained the thought of attacking a grown-up. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't no angel. But respect for my elders was something that was taught at home and in school. What do you think's the reason for this problem? And I think it is a real problem. I reckon I blame Hollywood for the majority of the problems in America. Look at the way folks were portrayed back in the early movies. Grandma and Grandpa look like Aunt B on the Andy Griffith Show. Look at grandmas and grandpas in today's movies. How about the way kids dressed in the early movies compared to today? Now, I'm not forgetting the Roaring Twenties, the Jazz Age, Rock and Roll, and all the other fads of the past. And I suppose if, when I stop and think about it, there's always been rebellious teens since the beginning of time. It just seems that today they're so much different, and in my opinion, a whole lot worse. These young folks are going to be the leaders of the country someday, and if they continue with the attitude that they have now, in my opinion, America's in for a world of hurt. I'd like to know if you agree with me or disagree with me, and the only way I'm going to know that is for you to send me an email, jc at outlawspublishing.com. Let me know what you think about what I think. In 1974, my family and I went to Glen Rose, Texas to visit my grandfather, who lived to be 97 years old. I'd brought my reel-to-reel tape recorder, and he recorded some of his coon hunting experiences that I put in a book later. He had always wanted his coon hunting stories to be published. I wish he'd lived long enough to see the book that I published for him, The Oldest Coon Hunter in Somerville County. When we got finished with his coon hunting stories, I asked him to sing some songs. I understand he was quite a rounder in his younger days. Here's my grandpa singing Lindy Lou.
I want to say thanks to Ron Don Diego for his music today. I want to ask you to check him out on Facebook, YouTube, and just about any place on the internet. And thanks to Wade Spencer and Lena Koransky for singing one of Wade's songs. You can find Wade's TV show, Life's Highway, on Dish Network TV. And you can find his music just about any place on the internet. Thanks to Bill Cover for being our special guest today. And I tell all you folks around Louisiana, don't get in trouble. You might meet up with Bill in the courtroom. Why don't you go check out his book, Black Orchid, on Amazon, and let him know how much you enjoyed it. Thanks so much to these folks for appearing on our show today. But most of all, I want to say thanks to you for listening. It's my pleasure to come here each week and visit with you. Now listen up, all you cowboys. Don't interfere with something that ain't a-bothering you not. This is the old cowboy, J.C. Halsey, saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy, J.C. Halsey.